Hey everybody, this is Kurt Schlichter. We are Unredacted, the Town Hall VIP podcast that doesn't comply with any damn FCC rules. We're breaking all the rules. And today we're breaking rules big time. I have at my home, breaking quarantine, my pal Drew Maddich. Fight the power. Fight the power that be. Hey Drew, how you doing? I am fantastic and grateful and Happy to be here. Oh, well, I'm happy to have you for many reasons. Not the least of all, you are a, I would call you a conservative movement gadfly. You know everybody. Everybody likes you. Everybody thinks you're cool. And you just sort of like are everywhere. And some of them even know that I'm sort of conservative. And you're and you're conservative. Yes. That's a, that's a, that is a unusual thing. Holy cow, I just discovered a new drawer on uh, the island in my uh, kitchen. So we're... You know, we're, we're making progress here, everybody. We're making progress. I don't know what we're going to talk about today. As you know, if you listen to Unredacted, the Kurt Schlichter podcast for town hall VIP members, you know I don't bother with things like plans and outlines and organization. I feel that they get in the way of the free flow of information and the free flow of wine. There is no rundown here. There's no, no rundown. I love that. Rundown, folks, is the technical term that we use uh, in, in many entertainment venues. But on uh, radio, they'll go, here, Kurt, here's the rundown. And it tells me all the stuff we're supposed to do, all the guests we booked, all the reads you have. Hey, Jimmy's used car and donuts. Come on down. Like that. Uh, and and they they you know you you do that too. You are uh, involved in some form of entertainment. We would have a call sheet, a call sheet, a script, a script. Yeah, things that we don't have in this podcast. We actually follow scripts, although I'm not sure that uh, our current government is following any sort of script that we understand. Well, they're certainly not following the basic script, which I would call the Constitution. Or, or the common sense script. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now, right now, today is Saturday the 2nd of May. And what's happening today is, here's the thing that's freaking me out. And I don't want to put my get my hopes up. And I don't want to believe just everything I read. But didn't, it, it, down, out there, there's this idea that the CDC has... Uh, Tune down or turn down the number of alleged uh, Chinese coronavirus bat soup goblin flu numbers. And it's like, you know, I want it to be 37,000 instead of like 67,000. Just just to avoid the human misery. But it, since it's something I want, I'm like unwilling to believe it. I, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe I, it when I yeah. yeah. Things that are too good to be true are generally too good to be true. And speaking of too good to be true, you might be shocked, but we are tasting wine tonight. We are drinking some wine. Uh, Drew is the guy who turned me on to wine. He's the guy who broke me from my uh, uh, two-buck chuck habit. And I'll tell you the story someday about how I had two-buck chuck at my wedding. Oh, you snicker. I saved $4,000 and had a great story. Beat that quality wine aficionados. Anyway, Drew's the guy who said, Kurt, your, your taste in wine sucks. You're a failure as a man. I will teach you. And he has. And uh, we actually... Uh, Arena's over here, too. She says, I enjoyed the two-buck truck. Studio audience. Studio right audience. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> you're not a participant. You're just an observer. Um, <laughs> Much like the bulwark guys observe their wives with a handyman. Am I doing that again? Because I usually save that for my, my talks with Larry O'Connor and Chris Stegall. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, when uh, when an opening comes to question the sexual adequacy of a never Trump uh, writer, uh, you know, I'm there. I'm there for you. Uh, tonight we are tasting well, my, my crush for Jennifer Rubin knows no bounds. Oh, <laughs> we call that Crypt Keeper King. <laughs> you know, that sodden bitch ought to be on HBO introducing tales of terror. Not writing in the Washington Post, uh, uh, impersonating a conservative. You know, she used to be a lawyer in Los Angeles. No. She really did. She used to be a, I think it was an employment law litigator. And look, I am all for people leaving the law to go do things that are interesting, but not her. And you know, her legal takes are so unbelievably bad. If she was like a doctor, she'd be going, you know what's important? Leeches. Many, many leeches. They help get rid of the uh, humors and the bile. Thank you. I got, to, I got to do a humors riff. So there we go. Anyway, we're tasting wine tonight. We are tasting a Pinot. Tell us a little about this amazing Pinot Noir. We are tasting a Sonoma Coast Pinot Noir from Bevan Cellars. Russell Bevan is uh, a winemaker who uh, in Napa now, but he came to Napa uh, I would say, I, I don't know exactly the year, but probably 50, somewhere between 15 and 20 years ago, uh -huh. he sold medical supplies in Minnesota and was a wine aficionado and yeah. had, had a dream of coming here to make wine. And he did. This and is back in the time when you could come to California to make your dreams come true instead of having them crushed by liberal fascism. Crushed. I see what you did there. Thank you. Yeah. Much like grapes. That's right. See, I've um, got the joke chalkboard out tonight for the, uh, you know, for the VIP members who aren't paying complete attention to what's going I on. I think his first vintage was 2005. Uh -huh. um, in 2011, which was probably the toughest vintage in recent memory for a lot of winemakers. I and think. We, we will get back to that. I want to, I want you to explain why vintages are different and what they mean. Okay. Okay. Um, he scored a 100 point wine and a 2011 vintage. On, on in Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. Okay, 100 on a scale of? 100. So it's good. So it's good. Yeah, okay. his, his wines are, uh, are are really respected and pretty high-end. And, 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 so the, and they're about as bombastic as he is. So, he, so basically, he is essentially... Mr. Bevan is to winemaking what Donald Trump is to tweeting. I would say so. Wow. I would say so. That is I, high praise. Yes. That's high praise. Now, I see that you're moving your glass around. Is that a appropriate thing to do before tasting a wine? You want, you want I think a, I know the answer. Wanna, this is you, for you people. You want to do a little swirly? I want to do a little <laughs> swirly. Little swirly. Much swirl. like I want to do to the bulwark guys. Stuff their faces in a toilet and flush, then take their lunch money and hang them up on the flagpole by their underwear. Just, just saying. Pinot Noirs are a little bit lighter. So that's why we're having it before dinner. Okay. Is it wrong for me to start giggling every time somebody says Pinot Noir? Is that, that's the bad, I, okay. All right. No, anyway, let's move on. Not at all. Okay. All um, right. So a Pinot Noir is Jeff, uh, generally a, a lighter wine. Uh -huh. The way Russell Bevan does it, it uh -huh. it's probably got a little more balls to it. A I little more. It, 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 it's it, a manly one. It's a very manly Pinot Noir. Is that, uh, is this manliness, this forcefulness, uh, a, a normal attribute of Napa wines. Well, is that what they're known for? Russell's wines are usually a little more upfront and a little more in your face than most. These of them. are the cis, an unapologetically cisgender wine. Yes. Okay, I got it. Yes. I got it. 
They they so. they essentially wield their manhood and make no apologies so. for it. Okay, you're sniffing give, it now. Yeah, give 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 a little sniff. Yeah. Okay. Oh. You know, Iria's over there going, "Don't sniff the wine. It's making noises. You're disgusting. You repel me. Die." That's exactly what she said. She said all those things. Kind of kind of raspberry cherry going on. For let's see, I've got a little licorice and tar. Uh, okay. Does that work? That that. that or am works. I just saying words? No. See, I, I hear these people talking I, about. I, wine. I get that. I get that. But you know, uh -huh. there's also a, there's also that suggestion thing. The suggestion thing. Yeah. Yes. You know, I, I could say I could say, oh, I, I get a little bactine. A little. On this. <laughs> And you'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, I, can, I get a little bactine. I got a little bit. Uh, right? Uh, hydrochloroquine. Yeah, there I got you a little go. hydrochloroquine. I think I'll go clean out the fish tank. Actually, this is this is high end. It's Paquinol. It's Paquinol. You have to call it Paquinol. Got Paquino. it. Got it. We're not doing the generic. No, we don't okay. deal in generics. Here. All right, we got it. That's okay. Is... So take a taste. All right, I'm going to take a taste. Hold on. It is not sweet. Oh, it's definitely not sweet. Dry as bone. It is very dry. Uh, it is. I'm trying to. I, I, I'm trying to put. As usual, I'm at a loss for words. You know, sometimes I, I. I look. I am by no means a wine. And you've got all these wine initials. You're like, hi, I'm a sommelier X Y Z N B two N ninety five. Uh, X69, whatever the hell. WSET level three. WSET level three. Yeah. Is that when you're introduced to Xenu? <laughs> I'm just... not with you on that one. Okay, all right. <laughs> I just, all right, I'm just, I just want to be clear. Yeah. Got it. See, it's a Scientology joke. Oh. See? Sorry. I went that way. Yeah. I went there. Sorry. Is, I got a, I, 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 I actually defended Kirstie Alley as a famous Scientologist. And I said, look, I'm not down with a religion. I'm not. I'm a straight-up Christian. But, but she, I, you shouldn't make fun of people's religion. I just think that's tacky. And she like was like, why do you hate my religion? I don't hate your religion. I'm just not a Scientologist. Have you gone back and forth with her? No. Oh, okay. I didn't go back and forth. I was oh, just okay. like, you know, look, I, I mean, I'm not... I was defending she, you. She does have a thread of, of sort of common sense going through her. She does. Her, I, I her Look, I, I was saying, look, I mean, I, she, she believes things I don't believe. That's okay. You're allowed to. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, I, I, I disagree. I, 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 would, disagree I would argue that we people. have the bigger tent. I would think so. Yeah. You, but, you know, I look, I, see, because when you're disagreeing, see, the thing about your religion is if you're actually a religion, you actually believe it, but that necessarily excludes you from believing other people's. But the fact that I'm not like a Hindu and I don't believe Hindu theology doesn't mean I hate Hindus. It just means I'm not a Hindu. Man, you want to Hindu your own thing? Hindu it. And that's what I'm saying. I wish I... <laughs> See, now some people go, you wouldn't say about Muslims, but Muslims don't end with the syllable do. So it wouldn't be funny. No, you're See? right. You're right. Okay. Is there a religion with a K sound? Because that would be freaking hilarious. Christian. <laughs> All right. K-H-R. I'm going to do 10 minutes on the Trinity. Hold on. That'll be the after uh, That'll be the after show. Anywho. Okay, so, so I'm going to take it because I forgot what it tasted like okay. in this freaking bizarre tangent. Go ahead. Uh, I am uh, I'm getting some fruit in there. You're getting some fruit. I, I'd say you're. I'd say you're getting. I'd, I'd say you're getting some raspberries. Of all the fruits, I would think it's raspberries. I know it's kind of. Uh, I, I maybe elderberries, which is not like a common one, but 
when I'm, I was a kid, they were. I'm not up on my elderberries, but you know, if that's what you get, I think that's a good. Uh, I think that's a good one. Uh, um, yeah, and and here's the thing that gets me because uh, you know, <laughs> surprise, we we had a little before we started tying. Uh, the taste has changed over like the ten minutes. It has. We've been yeah. out here, and I think I think what you were getting on the tars, there's a little uh-huh. there's a little of that going, uh-huh. and there's just a little bit of cola kind of thing. Yeah. What is and why? What is that? Is that some sort of aromatic, you know, thing coming out of the wine? I don't know how it works. It's all chemical reactions. Uh huh. And you you get things by by chemical reactions. I mean, I like sometimes when you drink a cabernet, sometimes you'll get a whiff of bell pepper. And that's a particular really? chemical reaction, yeah. In a in maybe in maybe an underripe cabernet, you'll you'll sometimes get a little bell pepper. Bell pepper, yeah. Honey, have we ever had bell pepper in any of our cabernets? No. Because I probably have some underripe cabernets going. Twenty nineteen, drink up. I mean, not that I know of, but you have such a good nose. You'll say you smell all this beautiful stuff, and I'm like, oh. And I'm like, yeah. I can't put it into yeah, words. I and I and I'm not yeah. getting back team. You are not getting back to no. no. Here's the thing. I've gotten to the point. Now I'm no I'm no expert. I don't have the initials. But I think I can tell good wine from bad wine in a general sense. Not always. Sometimes I'll go, hey, I think this is good. I'll hand it to you. And it'll look like I kicked you in the uh, Ted Lou. No. And, you know, you'll just, you'll be we're, like. We're allowed no, to Kurt, swear on this podcast? You swear out of it. You okay. swear all you want. Okay. All right. Like about those freaking dogs. Yeah, I didn't say it. I don't want to burn her ears. You know what? It's 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 about what you like. It's uh-huh. not you know. There's no there there are no rules. I mean, there, yes, there are, come on. Some, there's uh, some bad uh, wine. Yeah, there there's definitely bad wine. But I I know you know bad wine. I've now got to the point I can tell when something's very very good. Yeah. And I can tell when something's very very bad. It's the stuff in the middle, and I think I I think I'm more wine tolerant than you. Yeah, I like stuff that's not as good as you, but you, I'll, I'll still accept it. You may be. I'll, I'll never forget sort of our early days in wine. You'll, you'll taste something and you'll look at me and you'll say, do I like that? I, no, I, I literally <laughs> still yeah. do that. Yeah, do <laughs> to the extent I don't do that, it's because I trust you. Because you, you're always like, Kurt, you're going to like this one. Yeah. Because you know what I like. Yeah, we've got. And you'll yeah, just we've, select. We've got, we've got some steaks coming up and a, a, a heck of a good wine coming later. Oh, which reminds me, I am, um, oh man, hold on, I am, uh, keep talking, Drew. I am alone at the microphone right now, just, uh, well, well, oh, Kurt's, Kurt is taking the steaks and putting them into the oven for a few minutes to just get some color into them and get them up to temperature before he sears them at a thousand degrees outside on the... What's that called out Solaire there? Solaire Hot Grill. Solaire Hot Grill. These things are going to be medium rare, perfect on the inside, spinal tap black on the outside. It's going perfect. to be good. It's going to be, there's none blacker. None more black. None more black. That's right. Sexy. What's wrong with being sexy? <laughs> Sex it. Sexy. He is good. He's got some, he's got some, he's like the Fran Drescher. Sex of my uh, Tony Hendra. So there we go. (laughs) It's sexy, not sexy. Sexist. Hi, I'm the Marty DeBergi of. uh, of, What's uh, wrong with being sexy? What's wrong with being sexy? (laughs) Sexist, not sex. Everyone, you know, usually like the amateurs, they go to the go to 11, which is genius. 
I saw Spinal Tap. And you are a rock guy, too. Yes. You uh, you started out... I bow at the altar of Spinal Tap. Uh, it is a unbelievable film. I saw it in a theater. Mm-hmm. There were like 10 people there. It was yeah. like 1982. And we just died. Yeah. There was nothing like it. It was me and my pal, Matt. Uh, and uh, we later... Uh, started writing in the Koala, which is the comedy newspaper at UC San Diego. We wrote together. We re- reviewed bad movies like Break in Two and Pieces, which was uh, advertised as, yeah, you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. All right. So we, we reviewed bad movies. But no, it was great. But you, you look, you started out promoting shows, selling records. Uh, doing all sorts of music I, stuff. I, I guess I did in college. I worked at a record store in in, in Westchester while I was going to Loyola Marymount. I wow. worked at a record store called Sensations. <laughs> Sensations. Sensations. That. That, that sounds like a uh, kind of generic uh, uh, pop band with a soul inflection. I I was I was a customer. You know, I would walk up from the campus, and I was a customer, and the owner said, "Why don't you just work here? Because you're always here." And, right. and, and it was at the dawn of CDs. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and you know, we would, we would order like, you know, a hundred different titles on CDs and they were in such high demand that three would come in. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what we were dealing with for months. Um, but, you know, I got the wholesale price and I got to sort of boost my CD collection that way. But sort of the you, Spinal Tap was a moment for you. The moment for me was um, the midnight movie at the University of Hawaii when I was in high school. I was in ninth or tenth grade. Uh-huh. We One week we went and saw The the, uh, the Song Remains the Same, Led Zeppelin. <sighs> Bored to tears. And then you saw Quadrophenia. No. The, the, I'm, oh, my God. Almost. But almost. The preview before The Song Remains the Same was a trailer for next Friday, which was going to be The Kids Are All Right. And I watched that trailer and I said, yeah, I know where I'm going to be next Friday. I'm coming back for this. I want to see this one. And you have been a Who fanat. How many times have you seen The Who? I'd have to count it up, but somewhere in the middle two digits, I'd say. Now, we, yeah, now Arena and I went with you to see The Who once a couple years ago. 2015. Right, right after she had her uh, uh, appendix out. That's right. She's like, I had my appendix out two days ago, mm-hmm. and two, I'm going to see The Freaking Who. Two days after her appendectomy, she became my hero. Completely. Uh, I got to tell you, great, great show. They love their fans. They play. You know, I hate bands who are like, I'm going to play songs you want to hear. They played songs you want to hear, but they're all great freaking songs. That's right. I mean, and watching Roger Daltrey sing uh, my favorite Who song, which is Bob O'Reilly. Yeah, I know. I'm a Philistine. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, there's a there's a cover cut of Boris, a version of Boris the Spider that's you know, stop. Yeah. Teenage Wasteland, baby. That's it. And uh, just uh, and, and watching uh, Pete up there. Holy cow! Seen Unbelievable. Him, seen him a bunch of times over the years. Um, one one of my favorite stands was actually during the month of February. Um, I got with with no idea with what we were about to go through. I made a trip to London, spent a week in London, saw them four nights in a nightclub in London. They, they did they did like a forty five minute or one hour acoustic set twice a night, and uh, and they, they were they were as they were as loose and as fun and as as just devil may care as you as you would please, and it was just they, so they, much fun. They love doing what they do, and they were they were they were actually warming up. They were warming up for a tour that never happened. 
because you know they had to put put it off. Do you think part of it is that they love what they do? Because it's so obvious on stage um, that they enjoy themselves um, at some level. I, I would say Daltrey loves what he does. I would say Townsend sort of puts up with what he does. Townsend, because he but, knows that he can. He knows that he's good at it, and he'll do it. And yeah, but Townsend whatever. probably is like that about everything. But during the first show, Townsend says, "I want to kill my managers for this." Because they they did they did these nightclub shows <laughs> they did these nightclub shows you know they, they put them on sale they sold out within ten seconds yeah um, I can imagine but, but with each ticket you bought for fifteen pounds <gasps> you got a copy of the new album so what it did was it sold albums and they were try, they were they were on a push to get to number one on the British chart during the week of release and it looked like they were going to do it. And then all of a sudden, as Townsend described it at the concert, this C word named Rod Stewart and his Christmas album came and came up and got him at number one. Oh my gosh, end. the Christmas album! That's so right. they basically got Love Actually. Yeah, <laughs> they got Love Actually right in the uh, squeeze box. And, and right, and, <laughs> is that what you're telling and me? And right after Townsend, good job. and and right, at, and I hate Love Actually worse than ass and, cancer. And, and I hate. I don't like that song. They they played squeeze box at these acoustic of shows. Of course, I love that song. And Townsend says we're going to play a piece of shite for you now called oh, squeeze box. I love that song. See, that's the so shiny happy people yes. thing. Yes. Where I I decided to screw with people on Twitter. Go and and I said you know the best REM song is shiny happy people. The worst REM song is losing my religion. I just sat back and watched it happen. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was amazing. So I, I hope we get to see The Who come back sometime. Oh, I hope so, too. Yeah, that, that was a great show. So you're a wine guy, you're I, a Who actually, guy. Actually, today's May 2nd. I should be in Denver seeing The Who tonight. Except Hachoo. That's right. See, so get it? That, yeah, I got it. Shoot, yeah. rhymes with Who. Yeah, I, I know. God. I know. <laughs> I'm really reaching for it here. Yeah. They mm. say they're going to reschedule till fall, and I don't even know if we're going to get that. Well, I missed my uh, tickets to see Bauhaus, Morrissey, Blondie, and who else was on it? Psychedelic Birds. Roger McGuinn. was supposed to see Roger McGuinn last really? week from the Birds. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that turn, turn, turned out poorly. Go no, no, I wasn't going to that one. He's like, no. I, I, don't, I don't go to that 80s music. He, don't like, he likes different 80s music. Yeah, I do. Isn't it too cool for us? I, yeah, well, could be. Could be. Everybody's cool. Yeah. How many times have I? I think I've seen that would have been my fourth time seeing Psychedelic Birds. I oh, really like. We saw them at uh, House of Blues. Saw them at House of Blues. Saw them at Hollywood. I no. saw them. Bef- I saw them in like the late eighties. I saw Chrissy Hines there too at the House of Blues. Really? Yeah, that was an amazing show. That was awesome. Wow, oh, back on the Chain Gang and all that stuff. That was really great. She married the guy from Simple Minds. Mm-hmm. Go figure. A little that bit. A little bit of a Zithromycin. A little Zithromycin yeah. here? Hold on. Yeah. Aren't you getting that? I'm getting some notes of Zantac. Okay. okay. Which, uh, which of course, sounds like a Dungeons... Yeah, wait, right. wait, now, doesn't that sound like a Dungeons & Dragons thing? You will quest to get the notes of Zantac. <laughs> and someday, if you achieve this, you may eventually kiss a girl. Because <laughs> they're Dungeons & Dragons people. Well, you weren't talking about Bulwark, obviously. No. Oh my gosh! You know it's like tripping a cripple, and I'll just—I'm just—you know this is this is is what's fun for me. (laughs) This is what's fun for me. Yep. Oh man, but yeah, man. uh, 
So what else have we got? We got, uh, you know, we've already we've already burned 24 good minutes okay. talking about wine and the who and our stuff. And there are probably people in here going, I want you to talk about how liberals suck. Guys, you can read my columns. And you should read my columns. I mean, you're, you pay for VIP. You should get my Wednesday column, too. Personally, personally, a lot of them don't suck. A lot of them, look, I got liberals. I know a lot of liberals. A liberal doesn't screw with me. They're fine. I... I there are never Trumpers. Yeah. Who they, I they suck worse than a lot of liberals. Uh some of them do. Yeah. There was one I accidentally butt dialed a prominent never Trumper. You can't say. I don't want to say because I want to embarrass him. You tell me after. I'll tell you after. Okay. But he 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 gets on phone. Kurt he I, he calls me back. I'm like, oh shoot, I butt dialed the guy. And we he, and he calls me back. Yeah, kind of Kurt, what's up? And I'm like, hey man, I butt dialed you, but how you doing? See, I don't. Look, if you're a never-Trumper, that's okay with me. I don't have a right to tell you what you do and don't like. I can tell you you're wrong. You can tell me I'm wrong. I don't give a shit. Don't F with me. Don't fuck with me. If you fuck with me, it's on, and I will put you on the fucking floor. But this guy's like, hey, Kurt, you're, you're wrong about all this shit. Want our beer? Yeah, cool. Okay. And, and and it was like, you know, and that's that's how I feel about several of them. That's how it is in my business. We, you know, we disagree, and then we, then we have whiskey. I Yeah, I have no desire... And I, I, this should be encouraged. This is what's proper. The the thing that is improper is people who want to turn politics into a blood sport. Because as I brilliantly tweeted today, of course, all my tweets are brilliant. You should follow me. That's Sib- at Kurt Schlichter. At Kurt Schlichter. Hashtag caring. Civil wars are always the most vicious. Throughout history, civil wars are the most vicious. Unless it's the Assyrians. Because they were motherfuckers. They would flay your ass. But otherwise, civil wars. Civil wars are always the worst. And that's why we should discourage intramural hatred. Also, intramural hatred makes you do stupid things. Like, huh, how can I fuck with my political opponents more? I know. Let's hassle them about their religion. Take their guns. Shut them up. The alternative is to do none of those things where you and you're facing no greater threat. None of them give you any advantage. They give you self-satisfaction, but they make the other side fucking hate you and want to hurt you. So instead of fucking with people gratuitously, give them a chance to have their have their say. And when they lose, go, hey, you had your say. You lost. And then they go, oh, okay, well. I had my say and I lost. Fair enough. But they don't do that. They don't do that. Because I think a lot of these guys have taken their shitty ideology and used it to replace uh, religion or any other kind of overarching ideology, philosophy, spirituality, what have you. They're they're, they're, They're only, you know, lodestar is their own ideology which they confuse with morality. And then they decide everyone else is immoral, and then they feel they have to take action. And of course, as we know from science, for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. Except sometimes it's more than just equal. You get them really pissed, they will fuck you up. I'm just saying. Spend a lot of time reading Roman history later, or listening to Roman history podcasts. Really, because I'm too fucking... I, I never have time to read. Bring a gun to a knife fight. Bring a gun to a knife fight. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's the uh, McConnery. Uh, Connery. Uh, McConnery. <laughs> Fuck's McConnery. The McConnery theory. 
So I uh, cited Willie Sutton in my Monday town hall, where the the banks, where the money is. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was talking about the FBI. What do you that's think right. of that? Setting oh, up a guy. It's uh, it's third world stuff, is what it is. It is. Now I I do try. But you know what? It's it's Flynn, so it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Well, he's a bad guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, he he supported the wrong guy. He, should, he has no rights. That's right. We we have no obligation or. Necessity right, because, to honor because them. the tables could never possibly be turned. Exactly, Tara Reed. What? I think I put my finger on it. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> what, uh, you know, we'll get to Tara Reed in a second because uh, I think we're good. We were talking. About, let's go 25 minutes. We're at 30. We're gonna go a couple more minutes because uh, steaks are still cooking, and uh, I think we're still cooking. <laughs> I think this is a great. And, Great and, unredacted with Kurt Schlichter, and the, special guest Drew Maddich. And, and the 2007 Opus 1 still has to breathe a little bit longer. Oh, dear. You better open that thing. No, no. Now, here's the thing. I do trials. I, I'm, I'm a trial lawyer. I go in, there are 12 people, and I try and convince them that my version of the story is the truth. And contrary to what people think, it is much easier as a lawyer when you believe your client. Now, every client deserves a defense, and you need to assert it unless you know something is objectively false. But it's a lot easier when you have a good story to tell. In any case, I, I pick juries. And people, you know, you, you ask them questions on a jury. You know, are there any, is there anything that would make you biased? Now, if you are in a federal criminal jury where FBI agents were likely to testify, after seeing what you've said, seen, could you, and you would be under oath, if the judge asks you, is there anything, any reason you would might be biased against any party or witnesses in this case? I think I would personally have to say, Yo, Your Honor, I, I don't believe a damn thing any FBI agent says. Doesn't make me happy. I love the FBI. I'm from Zimbalist Jr. I had his uh, uh, famous uh, bathing suit uh, poster up in my room as a kid. My father introduced him to me at age six. Holy shit. In front of Letterman Hospital in San Francisco. Dun 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 dun. dun. Mark five right. or Mark seven. Uh, yeah, I I used to love the FBI. Now I can't honestly say I would. You know, normally I'd be like, "What's well, FBI agent? His word is gold." I can't say that anymore. Can no, you? you? Can't. No, not not a chance. That's terrible, and it's all their fucking fault. They did it. They chose to take their integrity. And drop a big, giant, corn-filled loo on top of it. Ted Lou's my congressman. I think he's shitty, if I needed to clarify. And, and the cynical side of me says they're going to go scot-free. Uh, I agree. As you will find out if you read my town hall column on Monday, May 4th. Let's cover Tara Reid before we, uh, let's, uh, if you'll pardon the expression, probe that issue um, before... Uh, before we go off and, and finish our, uh, I, I just know they're going to call Joe Joe Biden in to testify in front of a Senate committee. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. Yeah, that's totally going to be a thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and it's also only fair. that's my unicorn. Yeah, it's only fair. That's Barky the unicorn right there. That's right. Look at it. Yeah, it's got a horn. That's right. Look, very very active unicorn. Honey, did you have lewds that that dog broke into? Look at it. Oh God! What did she eat? Oh, he's a. Dogs you on lewd should I, not I think try. You I think you just need to leave that one alone. Yeah, that one, we're just going to leave that one yeah, sit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it goes without saying that there's a double standard here. What do you think the effect is, not on concern, because we always thought they were full of shit, and we thought this whole, we need to defend women. 
was all bullshit because we knew, you know, who Ted Kennedy was. What do you think it does to liberals? Because as we discussed earlier, we think there are some liberals who, for whatever reason, have good intentions and actually believe some of the stuff that they've heard. How do they mentally deal with this? Wow. Uh, if they're honest, they're looking in the mirror and saying, you know, why, why aren't we dragging Joe Biden in like we did? Do you think President some of them are honest? You think some of them are asking that question and uh, just saying, I'm just not happy about this? I, I, I haven't heard any of them. Have you? I don't know. I, I haven't heard any of them. Or, or I, I think there's one or two on Twitter. But I'm, I'm wondering about real ones, not Twitter blue checks, mm -hmm. but people who actually exist in the real world. Think, think they think they're having a not a on my, not on my Facebook feed. They're not interesting. Interesting. Anyway, interesting, I think, sums up this episode of Unredacted with Kurt Schlinker and my very, very, very special guest, Drew Maddich. Uh, we've had a blast. Thank you this so much. This was really fun. Thank this you. This is a lot of fun. We have to uh, uh, you have to bring wine and we do a podcast much more often. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Absolutely. OK, well, we'll do that. I we'll want you. We'll do it yeah. next week at his place. I want you, the VIP members of Town Hall, to go out and find my Town Hall columns every Monday, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. And the Wednesday one's just for you. I'm going to become a VIP just so I can listen to this one. Well, become a VIP gold so you can listen to Larry O'Connor, Chris DeGaulle, and I for an hour and a half. And... Uh, Let's do, see. We leave no never Trumper unturned, do, much like the wives are turned over. And anyway, do no. I get Kira Davis as well? Yes. The VIP you get a lot of Kira. Okay, good. You get all the Kira you want. Good. She's great. Awesome. I love Kira. Loves Kira. Great. Okay. So you heard it here. Enough about Kira. Yeah, yeah. Now go get my books, uh, People's Republic, Indian Country, Wildfire, and Collapse. And I'm writing uh, the fifth crisis. Drew seems to like these books. They're amazing books. See, so go buy them. Anyway, thanks a lot. Looking forward to hearing from you. My super secret email address is kurt.schlichter at townhall.com. I will see you next time on Unredacted with Kurt Schlichter. Adios, people.